we occasionally think that uh, time is passing quicker than we expect it to. Uh, I wonder if uh, the two couples in our congregation that are celebrating that anniversary today really imagine that it was 63 years ago, you know, that they married. You know, time passes and we, we think of it so fleetingly. The clock change last night has meant that we, we have an excuse for one hour having passed fleetingly in the blink of an eye. But has a quarter of the year already passed? Is it really just a day away from April? The poet Dr. Seuss wrote, How did it get so late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, how the time has flown. How did it get so late so soon? Time plays a factor in all of our lives. And it it plays a factor in this reading too. But although we hear of marriage and childbirth, and there's a hint there that there's an older sister, so, you know, this is not the first child of the marriage. Some time has passed. We hear of the, the boy growing older. Suddenly he's three months in the blink of an eye, he's, he's that age. And uh, then we, we realise that, that there's all sorts of things going on. But the time that is important here is not really that uh, time like a never-flowing river, you know, that it's going continually onwards, the chronos time. But it's, it's that concept of a, a Kairos moment, God's timing, putting things into place at his choosing, not when we go, oh, where's the gap in the diary? But this is God's timing in the passage. A couple of weeks ago, our reading was from Genesis 15. And there we heard God making a promise to Abraham, a promise about the future, about future generations. He didn't have a child at that time, but that he would have a child, and indeed his children would be a nation. But we also heard that things would not be easy for those children. That although there was a land promised to them, their occupancy of that land would still be 400 years away. And it would be a difficult 400 years. Well, in our passage today, that Time has occurred. We have 
fast-forwarded through the story of Isaac and Jacob and Joseph to a time where Abram's descendants are slaves in the land of Egypt and they are longing for their release longing for what the next thing might be hope but yet it seems outside of their reach it is impossible how can a prisoner be freed but this is the beginning of their story of release the story of new freedom and it begins with a mother and her son a baby wrapped in blankets perhaps and then put into the basket into the reeds and the bulrushes afloat on the water the river Nile was the means that Egypt had wealth because of food the Nile is what gave the Egyptians power to be the people that they were it was the thing that gave them um the ability to become the civilization that they were, the power base in that part uh, of the Middle East. This is not the first time that we hear uh, the story of Joseph was not the first time that we heard of people going there to get fed in times of famine. Abram did it too. But then, of course, Joseph's descendants and those of his brothers are trapped. The Nile gave the seasons, three seasons, one of flood, which deposited fertile soil from upstream. And then, of course, that led to the season of growth, a normal season with sunshine and rain, and then a third season, one where the rain stopped and there would be harvest. Everyone was dependent on the river for every aspect of life, it seems. Yet the Pharaoh rules that the Hebrew boys be thrown into the river Nile that the place of life the place of feeding the place of hope perhaps would become a place of death for the Hebrews but God turns this on his head It becomes the place where the life of a child is rescued. It becomes indeed the future rescuer from slavery being rescued. 
the Nile that was meant for good had become a place of bad, but good was going to come out of it because God would have his way. With many things in the world, we can do good or we can do wrong. And it's how we use what we've got for whether it's evil or whether it fits God's purpose. Sometimes the two are so mixed up that we struggle to work out quite what to do. The internal combustion engine that we have in our cars, unless, of course, you've got purely electric car, but that engine allows us to travel, to visit new places. It allows the ambulance and the fire engine and the police car to work. It allows so much to happen, goods to be transported, food to come to our shops, in tractors for those fields to be harvested. But yet it is also a source of pollution and contamination in the world. There is good and there is wrong. The ability to make a space rocket could be originally seen as launching destruction on the planet from the V1 and V2 intercontinental ballistic missiles but yet is also a means of launching weather satellites that can warn people of the force of nature that can encourage people to move, that can spot the fertile soil, that can be used in disaster recovery by plotting where land was and where is most in need of assistance. And perhaps the issue closer to home more likely to appear in our newspapers is social media and the internet. A means of cheap communication that is there in an instant over great distances. We can build networks to support and uphold each other, to encourage learning and growth. Or it can be a place where hatred is spread, where bullying occurs and extremist violence propagated. how we choose to use what we have in our hand has always been in our decision. It is today just as the Nile was for Pharaoh. Do we allow God to speak to us about how we live and how we choose that which is right not what is wrong.
the mother, who we later in the, the Bible find out is called, called Jochebed. The mother had done all that she could to hide the infant. It can't be easy to hide a three-month-old child. It's bound to make some noise, and people would notice. And I'm sure the, the fellow Hebrews might have turned a blind eye. But it was only a matter of time before a soldier would have arrived and the child's life would be taken and perhaps that too of the parents for disobeying the orders of the Pharaoh. And there's still lands where people of faith live in fear trying to live the way that God intends them to live trying to worship and live holy lives but where the authorities would intercede and do the wrong thing But the mother does an incredible thing and comes up with what seems the most amazing plan, a way of preserving life. It seems not very likely to succeed. The young life is surely doomed, simply laid out in a small basket that floats But God's way of doing things is on a different scale. What we don't hear is God directing the situation. Within these words from Exodus, there's no prophetic voice recorded. No word from an angel to the mother about her son. And unlike for Noah's Ark, which was also covered in pitch, no directions about building a miniature boat. We could simply think that all of what we see simply happens as a series of things that just happen to happen. But that would be wrong. God is at work. God is at work in the heart of the mother who knows it is right to protect her child from the command of the Pharaoh. God is at work in providing the right place among the reeds for the baby to be placed, but also where the sister Miriam can watch and wait and not cause suspicion as the Pharaoh's daughter first arrives. God is at hand in how the Pharaoh's daughter discovers the child and accepts him as her own against what would have been her father's wishes. God is at work in each stage 
of the process, each verse of the passage, even though his presence is not mentioned once in that reading, God is there. How often is God at work in our lives, preparing the way for his plans to be fulfilled, but acting perhaps so subtly in ways that we might not notice, or causing us to simply think we've stumbled on a time of good fortune. We have a God who cares, who has love, who delights in righteousness, justice, and peace. He wants each of us to thrive and to grow in the way that a loving mother or father hopes the best for their child. In this passage, he has provided opportunity. He has put things in place. But it was for the people to act. For the birth family of the boy. And for the adopting princess. It was for them to do what was right. When God gives us a way forward, when he presents us with an opportunity, when we can do the right thing, we must take that step. We must respond. For if we do not do the right thing, what are the consequences? And there's a phrase credited to an 18th century MP, which is, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And today we'd say that's true of good women too. Indeed, in our passage, it is women in the forefront doing good and coming against evil acts. In our family life, in our communities, in our nation, if we allow what is wrong, we are not good men or good women. If we allow voices of hatred and anger and intolerance to be allowed to grow louder, we are not God's people of love. If we do not seek what is peace, then how can we claim to be people who have a prince? of peace
we are coming to a time where there is much confusion, much anger, much difference of opinion. And it's all right to hold differences of opinion. But in our land, it can go one way or the other, whatever happens in the next month or two. I'm not using the B word. I'm just not using the B word today, right? But we have to be God's people. Whatever we think, however we feel, we have to be the people, like Jochebed, that takes the hazardous step, that trusts in the Lord, that pushes the boat out, albeit in the shape of a small basket. And praise to God that God will intercede and bring a way of peace and hope forward. The Pharaoh's daughter took the child He became her son. She named him Moses. I drew him out of water. But also it sounds rather like my son in Egyptian. Moses is a Hebrew word. A Hebrew word given by the Egyptian princess for a Hebrew child but yet recognises that it truly is going to be her child. A royal son. A prince of Egypt. There is a long journey ahead. A babe in arms is at that stage not going to lead the people out from slavery through the Red Sea into the wilderness following God's fiery cloud but he will when he grows up assured of who he is taught in the family home of his birth he understands something of God, the true God, the God of love and hope and justice. May we be people who honour our God. May we tell the story to our children and our children's children. May we proclaim that we must live the right way and in all things seek his peace. Amen.